You're listening to Market Scale Sports and Entertainment. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I'm having a conversation with Alex Nosovskoy with Breezy. How are you, Alex? Doing great, Sean. Thanks for inviting me. I love your podcast. Very excited to be a part of it for once. Hey, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Let's um, let's go ahead and address the sort of the journey that you went through to wind up at Breezy. So I have a bit of an unusual story. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a traditional marketer. I actually started in the finance world. Um, graduated uh, Western with a finance background, joined a boutique investment bank, and then joined a venture capital firm. And so uh, at that VC, I've spent uh, quite a bit of time just learning about startups, uh, what makes them ticks. Uh, and ultimately, you end up picking up a lot of skills along the way. Uh, so it's really a growth consulting mindset. Um, and you get deeply involved with our portfolio companies in a way that uh, uh, makes you a bit of an expert in all kinds of areas. And um, couple that with my background uh, in graphic design, web development, sort of the agency world. Um, I ran a, uh, a, a small boutique agency here in Toronto throughout university and a little bit after that. Uh, and so these two things kind of created this, uh, this marketing, this data-driven marketing uh, role uh, for me. And so uh, as I was uh, ending my tenure, so to speak, at, uh, at the, the VC firm, I was looking at opportunities uh, where I can apply my skill set. And I found Breezy. And, and Breezy is an incredible company because um, uh, unlike most startups, um, they're very much almost not a startup. You know, they're profitable. Uh, they're scaling very fast. Uh, they're working with big, big names um, and solving really serious problems in sport and actually entertainment in general. So that's what really got me excited to join the team. Um, I had a, met Anna and Sammy earlier, and it started more of a sort of a friendly conversation and turned more into a serious discussion about, like, hey, maybe I could join this team and, and really make an impact. Now, you are the marketing lead there at Breezy, and you do have an interesting skill set having come from the, the VC side and also your design side. So that gives you sort of an, a neat lens to look through things. From your viewpoint, have you seen any trends over like maybe the last year to 18 months in the industry that have really sort of made you sit up and take notice? Um, if you're asking about trends more on the sports side, there are many. Um, but the biggest one that I see is that, uh, at least in sports, uh, everything is almost too consumption focused. So a lot of the innovation that's happening uh, in sports uh, is usually around broadcasting. So you're seeing, you know, VR. You're seeing, uh, you're seeing uh, second screen activation. So imagine you're sitting at your TV and, and you pull out your phone, and there's like an app for the team. Um, and uh, when it comes to actually engaging fans, most of the activation happens actually within the stadium, uh, but it never leaves the stadium. And and that's why I think Breezy is so important uh, because uh, we try to solve that problem. Let's take a, a, a side street here for just a moment. Uh, you know, you, you talk about the way that broadcasting is changing, the way that, that content is pushed to customers. How much of an impact does the way consumers have decided they want to interact with sports from a digital standpoint? How much is that driving the evolution of the industry? I think if you give consumers a choice, um, they would always prefer to interact than to just passively consume. But for them to want to interact, it has to be meaningful and it has to be a truly enjoyable experience. So, for example, uh, VR is sort of a step forward in that the consumer feels like they are sitting maybe in the stadium or they're at the event or maybe they're even seen through the eyes of the uh, of the athlete. Um, 
but uh, it's still a bit of a passive way to consume content. I mean, truly creative things would be to, uh, obviously the most extreme would be to actually play the sport, but I'm not sure they'd let me, let me anywhere near a professional pitch. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, creative content production, you know, um, people sharing images, people, uh, you know, writing notes, people, um, I almost can't think of them because uh, any sort of creative activation in that regard, uh, any sort of uh, creative way to actually get involved with the thing that you love um, is always uh, is always incredibly powerful and uh, it actually takes a lot of thought to build an experience that is worth uh, worth investing time into. It's almost as if there's a reimagination or reinterpretation of what watching a sporting event actually means. How are you approaching sort of this different mindset? Well, um, uh, so in a personal context, uh, sports has always been really incredible because uh, you get highly involved in it emotionally. It's it's not really intellectual, or maybe it is for some people with stats these days, but uh, it's very much emotional investment. And uh, interacting with sports can mean many things to many people. For some, it might mean betting. For others, it might mean sharing their passion with the world. Um, and, and for us here at Breezy, uh, what's exciting for us is to let people share moments that they care about with their friends. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe it's worth to give you maybe two seconds on, on Breezy a little bit just to, so, uh, so our, our listeners can have a bit of context. Um, so um, for fans, Breezy is basically a personal Jumbotron experience. So imagine you're at a game, uh, you, you, you go to an event website, you type in your seat number, and then one of our robotic cameras finds you in the stadium. Uh, you have 30 seconds to control it, all your friends get in the shot, and then you snap this fun group photo and then you share it with the world. Uh, so our main clients are you know, the US Open, Philadelphia 76ers, and it's really a way for them to learn about their fans and to engage with them. But for fans, it's just an incredibly authentic way to share their experience with their friends and their family. And, and we think facilitating opportunities for fans to create content of their own and engage with their friends and family through the lens of sport is, I think, the best way to get their interest because, uh, you know, arguably people love themselves more than anything. And, and if you uh, tie them to their passions, which is sport, uh, it's a very powerful cocktail. Hold on. So let me make sure I understand this. You just said that I would have a way to get up on the Jumbotron. Are you serious? I never get on the Jumbotron unless I'm taking a, you know, a big, ridiculously embarrassing bite of, you know, a hot dog or nachos. Uh, it's a bit of a, okay, well, you know what? I can't say that you get on the Jumbotron because I would be misleading. Uh, but you do get a sort of a personal Jumbotron experience that you get to share with the world. So uh, when you share uh, when you share a photo and friends see you, it, it's as if you were on the jumbotron. And uh, if you're uh, if you're clever enough, you can make it seem like you were. But uh, a lot of people take it seriously because you know for every photo that they share, you see maybe 300 impressions or more. Uh, people engage with it, so it's really not unlike being on the jumbotron in that uh, you, a lot of people still get to see you. And and you know we've had. Uh, not only fun photos, but we had even uh, uh, at, uh, at a recent game, we've had uh, uh, two uh, proposals, which was uh, pretty, fun, pretty exciting for us. I, you know what? I will take that. People don't people don't who weren't at the stadium don't need to know I wasn't actually on the Jumbotron. Now, this sounds like an approach that would be especially interesting for 
uh, social media influencers. It sounds like something that would really sort of be a benefit for them as much as a casual fan. Mm -hmm. So uh, social media is an interesting beast because uh, everybody's been trying to be savvy about it and, and, and use it in a smart way. Um, and we've seen people use it correctly. And uh, so imagine uh, like the process, you know, the amazing story behind there. And, uh, and, and teams and players have been trying to be clever about how they use social media, but no one's really cracked the nut. And so and, and influencer marketing specifically has been uh, an area of interest for for marketers for a long time, um, but there's a lot of difficulty, both around pricing and making it work at scale, right? Because you know you can't engage 10,000 influencers all at once. Um, in our case, it's a little bit rare because every single fan that shares a photo becomes a micro influencer, and so um, imagine, and you can do it at scale. So imagine you're you're at a t uh, at an event, um, rather at a game. Uh, you know, 10% of people will take a photo and share it. Uh, that's incredible amount of exposure, very like highly tight knit engaged exposure that you can't get anywhere else. Um, and, and so that's why I think, uh, and, and all the more for influencers. So if you're an influencer, um, your reach is much greater than three, 400 people. Uh, it's much, much greater. And uh, um, as much as you get to, the brand gets you as sort of an ambassador, um, you, <laughs> the brand is an ambassador for you as well, because the, the reverse happens. You get associated with the brand as well. It seems like social media has a tendency to be more attractive to the millennials, but you've taken the approach that anybody can be a social influencer. Well, I mean, that's correct. I mean, everyone is an influencer in their life. You, you share your stories with your friends. You share your stories with your family. Um, you, when you're incredibly passionate about something, you, you make your voice heard. And today, more than anywhere... Uh, your voice can be heard by many people and social media as a concept, I think is much broader than just, you know, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I mean, it is true that millennials are, uh, as we say, tech savvy and, uh, and are able to really take advantage of the technology. Um, but, uh, social influence is really a lot more than just, uh, just those platforms, I think. Yeah. Everybody has their own social circle. Uh, that you just gravitate towards. And so to be able to communicate with that circle and then have the ability for that communication to be readily available to other circles, I think creates a, a much better experience. Um, the experience of someone who's sitting at the 50 yard line, four rows back at an NFL game is much different than my experience at an NFL football game where I need a telescope to be able to see the jumbotron. So, you know, that does create a more, much more of a sense of community, right? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I don't think even stadiums have changed so much. I mean, I, I don't think anybody needs a telescope anymore these days. Everyone has a cell phone that they bring up and you can see the stats of every player. You can uh, have a close up. Anything that you get on the TV, you can also get in the stadium, uh, which is something that's very different than maybe just 10 years ago. Well, let's talk about that. Um, let's talk about the ability now to actually bring the stadium into your home. Let's talk a little bit more about the future, because I'm pretty sure AR and VR are going to play a big part in what Breezy does moving forward. So um, the, bringing the stadium into your home is actually a very interesting concept, because um, as we've mentioned before, uh, it's so far it's been very passive, very consumption driven. Um, and um, I think it's going to be uh, the change is going to be much more rapid because Broadcasting as a traditional media is changing. 
Uh, and now you have powerful ways to access this content for the internet um, through things like social media, eventually through things like VR. Uh, for Breezy specifically, we look at AR and, and maybe VR uh, as ways to sort of enhance the, the experience of, of capturing a moment. And so uh, it, it might start as things as simple as like overlays, kind of like uh, kind of like you might see in Snapchat, but eventually we hope it becomes a much greater experience. And for us, it's just a way to drive engagement and for users to share a more impactful moment. There's an awful lot of data that you generated through any social-based technological advancement. Um, do you see the cloud as playing a pivotal role in the, in the way you manage all of that data that you're going to need to parse through? Well, the cloud is a powerful way to scale infrastructure, so it becomes unified. So we do end up collecting all the data uh, universally across from all of our properties. So it just gives us a powerful tool to um, not have to go to every single game and not have to go to every single client to, to collect that data. Um, but things really interesting things start to happen once we start to aggregate it. Um, because, for example, today, uh, without really any input from the user's part, we can can learn a lot about fans. Uh, I mean, we can get their demographics. We know who their favorite fans are. Uh, we know how they share. We know uh, we know so much about them, uh, and that's really powerful for you know, sports teams, for brands that associate with sports teams. Uh, and and data is going to change a lot of things. So the engagement side is obvious, right? Uh, as you learn about fans, you say like, okay, well, they like these kind of things. They they do these kind of things, so we're going to do more of them. Um, uh, but uh, things get really interesting once you're trying to influence other people. So um, on the on the brand side, uh, for them, learning about fans is just a way to connect with them. And obviously, for companies, it's a way to drive revenue. But um, uh, data is just so powerful. Uh, it's so powerful, and um, we've seen a lot of focus on the field, and, and now uh, we're starting to see a uh, bigger focus on the people who actually consume and interact with that content. So let's go ahead and turn your vision to the future. And without revealing anything that would, you know, be a secret that would get either of us in trouble, tell me kind of something that you're fond of right now that you're working on that you think is going to be a really solid step moving forward. So... We, we see Breezy as a much bigger uh, opportunity than just sports. Uh, sports is the natural starting place, but we, we see it as a more global phenomenon where we're capturing moments all around the world and we're following the user journey. We're learning about uh, our, 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 I guess they're no longer just fans, they're, they're more consumers and, and how they interact with the brands and how they interact with the entertainment world. And so one step that we've taken is we actually closed a... Uh, um, a, a first contract with a, um, a non-sports entity. Uh, it's actually a landmark, uh, and uh, we'll be applying our technology into areas outside of just sports. And uh, by doing so, we think we, we take a step closer to that bigger vision. So it sounds like you're creating an individual public relations marketing department for every user. Would that be an accurate description? That's a, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. I mean, um, we, we always look at it from the perspective of our core clients, which are the, usually the sports properties and their, and their sponsors, which are the brands. Um, but it is definitely the case that when a user shares their photo or their moment, uh, for them it's, it's also a powerful experience, and it actually makes them look uh, more interesting. Or looks, it makes them look good, too. So uh, in a way, uh, in a way indirectly, I guess it is kind of a PR department for for every individual. 
Let me, I know that you, like you mentioned, you have worked with the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm going to assume, as you mentioned, you like sports. So we're going to go ahead and say that although you're very fond of the 76ers, you're probably pulling for Toronto in the Eastern Conference. Would I be correct in saying that? Uh, you would not be incorrect in saying that. I mean, uh, once, uh, you know, you kind of have to support the Toronto teams because uh, it's your community, it's your people. And I'm sure a lot of people agree that um, uh, as much as you'd love to support the teams you think are the strongest in the league, uh, at the end of the day, your home team's always the strongest in your heart. Well, I always say a fan's got a fan. So I wish you continued success. And I want to thank you for taking the time today. It really has been interesting. Today, I've been talking with Alex Nosovskoy with Breezy. Alex, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries. 